You're listening to TV Tangents, a retro TV podcast. All right, cool. Welcome back to TV Tangents, Natalie. Welcome back, Rebecca. We are still in quarantine. Quarantine in my house. Um, coming to you on the live Zoom because we can't be together. Yep, so we got to talk to each other via Zoom, and I can see that Rebecca's got her Golden Girls shirt on. Thank you. Yay, thank you for <laughs> being a friend. Dabble down the road and back again. <laughs> yeah. We sing a lot. <laughs> no kidding. As I've been going on my walks, like I mentioned in our last episode, I've been walking, and uh, I listen to the TV Tangents podcast while I walk. Right, right. Sing a lot, a lot, and, and I'm not so great at it. But I, you know, it's so funny because I feel like in the very beginning we've been doing our podcast for a very long time, and I feel like in the beginning we were like, uh, I'd be like Rebecca, we should sing this, and she's like, you can. And now we both just sing <laughs> the song. We don't even care. It's like it's like drunken karaoke in our twenties. It's fine. Oh. Probably the last time I did karaoke. Her. Today we're talking about the Honeymooners. The Honeymooners. Which is an iconic show from a long time ago. Yeah, very long time ago. Had you ever watched it before? You know, I never had. I I feel like it's I so have missed... strange. Yeah, it's very strange. I had missed... Like, misnomers of what it was about i think in my head Mm -hmm. a little bit different and i don't know that we ever i'm not sure if it was on in reruns when i was growing up ever um it was always on and i feel i would have figured that your dad would have been the kind of dad that watches the honeymooner yeah and maybe he was because i feel like maybe it was on here or there i'm out like I'm going to have to look into that i should start researching that with my parents more so uh before we do shows and seeing if (laughs) <laughs> they watched it a lot when I was little, but I don't remember much about this. The only thing I really remember ever hearing about the honeymooners is what you hear like in references out in a, you know, mm-hmm. in other shows. Like I, like, I guess I knew that somehow that Wilma Flintstone is based on um, Alice Cramden in this show. Mm-hmm. And then you think about Flintstone. Yeah. The Flintstone very mirror to this. Yeah, we talked about that in our Flintstones episode that um, even the guy who played Fred Flintstone sometimes did voiceovers for Jackie Gleason Mm -hmm. if he had worked on the show. And um, it's obviously, you know, an homage to the Honeymooners. Yeah. I mean, they're basically the same character, Fred Flintstone and Ross Brown. I said Fred Flintstones because I've had a couple of Stella Artois. This is, you know, that this is the, the, the new thing about us doing these from two different locations is that we're drinking different stuff because I am drinking the red yeah. wine and um, you were drinking beer. Well, because remember I had told you in like off the record that mm-hmm. I needed to stop drinking the wine while I was recording because it makes yeah. my voice sound cracky and squeaky. Oh, that's true. You did. And I feel like interestingly enough i feel like when i drink beer i have kind of a tolerance for beer so i don't get quite as 
I was just mm-hmm. going to say, I don't get as loose. That's not what I meant at all by any stretch <laughs> of the imagination. Um, uh, I was going to say, and it's not true. I feel like it doesn't affect <laughs> me quite as much. It depends on the beer, though, but you're right. That's true. And, <laughs> and that was also another reason is I just happen to have this bottle of wine, and I didn't have any good beer um, for right now because, again, we've been quarantined, and I feel like, <laughs> I mean, Everywhere I go, when I go to buy my groceries in bulk and I try to go again, only like once a week or once every like couple weeks and everybody else is buying beer. And I, usually I haven't been, but I probably Yeah, should. I just ordered some for the first time, but I don't get it till tomorrow. So, oh, okay. but I had some leftover and I'm not even drinking yours anymore. I mean, mostly because I finish it, you but I didn't finish. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't finish the blue ones. You still have the blue ones. So they're here. I mean, I didn't want them to go bad. Well, of course. Because you know, it might be a while, so who knows? Yeah. (laughs) Looking out for you. So, The Honeymooners is an American sitcom created by and starring Jackie Gleason, based Mm -hmm. on his comedy sketch of the same name. Yeah. The sketches originally appeared on the variety show Cavalcade of Stars, which was hosted by Jackie Gleason. And the Honeymooners ran from October 1955 to September 1956. And it was later revived in sketches on the Jackie Gleason show again. I'm so confused about the number of episodes that there actually are. I'm not going to lie. Yes. I have to like get into this right away because I'm so confused. So they talk about how like the, the main 39 or whatever is like the number of episodes. And yet... When I was watching on the Amazon Prime, right, do you have a bug or something that you're? Hitting? No, I have a child. Oh, a what? child. Hold, okay. hold, please hold the podcast. You don't what get to guest our. A macaron. Oh, you mean it's a heart? It's a heart shaped macaron. Is it? Um, there's a part right here that's a little wet. I won't touch it then. It's beautiful. Do you oh see? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Can I have that? Yum. We painted it. It's not food. Dang it. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, but I am recording now. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. bye I love you. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. What were we talking about? Okay. I'm confused about the number of episodes. I'm confused about the number of episodes. So it says there's like the 39 episodes. And like you just said, 55 to 56. So, you know, a season of episodes. And it's telling me there's like four seasons worth of episodes. In the very beginning, there's a different Alice. I'm sure you saw that if you watched anything, which we can talk about, of course. But I I just, I I started to watch some and I was like, I'm so confused. There's where these all these other episodes. And I didn't get that far because, you know, we don't always have time to watch everything. But um, yeah, I'm very, oh, because I was watching and they were saying that they were the quote unquote lost episodes. Those lost episodes. Let me explain this to you. Okay, please explain. Those ones with the different Alice, those are the ones that were on the Cavalcade of Stars. So the, it started as a short sketch. That's why they're not very long. Uh, it okay. started on the Cavalcade of Stars, this just sketch thing, and then they decided to make it into a full-fledged TV show. Okay. So then the TV show itself ran from 55 to 56. Mm-hmm. And then after that, after it was canceled, or actually Jackie Gleason decided not to do it anymore because he said they were running out of ideas. They didn't want to <laughs> beat a dead horse or whatever. 
um, then he did this Jackie Gleason show and they would bring back the sketch for that. Okay. So there are more than 39 episodes. Yes. But there were only 39 episodes for the series itself. Okay. That kind of makes sense, I guess. It was just very, yeah. I was watching things and then when you look up like things on the Google and then it just doesn't seem to match up with the episode. So it's very, I mean, I -hmm. saw pretty much everything that's the premise of the show because, you know, the show's based in their apartment and that's Mm -hmm. about it. Yeah, Uh, they don't leave very often. No. And there's so much exactly the same kind of stuff. Yeah. It's very theatrical. It's like, it's... Like play like I wrote. Yes, I wrote down the words very play like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like they're projecting to the audience, and they've got a very simple set, which is the living area. Yeah, and the bedroom. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and they have almost no furniture. The crazy theme. I binged uh, so much of this like a few days one time. I remember this, and then. I feel like I wanted to scream at everybody all day, every day, because <laughs> they just scream at each other a lot of times. And I feel like the whole thing is like every episode begins where Ralph is just yelling at Alice, like, why isn't dinner ready? Or just whatever it is. And then he, it's just constantly like, it's, I'm, 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 I'm enraged. And my favorite part is like, it just happens all the time. And then she kind of gives it back to him, which is good considering it's in, you know, like the fifties, but the whole pre I swear it was like, I could almost describe every episode of the honeymooners with like anger, 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 argument, (laughs) argument, 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 misunderstandings, more arguments. Oh my God, I'm going to punch you in the face. And then honey, I overreacted. Baby, you're the greatest. Kissy, kissy, the end. <laughs> there you go. I just gave you every episode of the Honeymooners ever. It's <laughs> so true. It is so true. Like, most of the episodes involve Ralph making poor choices. Yes. And then Alice forgiving him. Yes. After some level of shouting. Yes. <laughs> They're like... I, and I guess I find it extremely bizarre, and maybe I shouldn't, because it's way before our time of me even being alive. But constantly, um, one of these days, Alice, I mean, we know that that's the most iconic, like, statement from the show that everybody's ever heard. One of these days, Alice, one of these days, pow, right in the kisser. He wants to punch her in the face. (laughs) But she straight up is all like, oh, you shut up. She gets all like, she like screams. She knows he doesn't mean it. Right. And he's always like, what you going to do? What are you going to do? She kind of eggs him up. <laughs> right. And the original um, Alice was always trying to jump out the window. Yeah. They would have a fight and then yes. she would get her leg up in the window. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to jump out. And they're on like the third floor. <laughs> yeah. Because there's one where she throws, what does she throw? She throws the um, food. Like he's asking about getting dinner ready and she throws the food out the window. And it hits a cop in the head and he comes up to the door. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, hey. Right. <laughs> she can dish it. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. And she's like, Nobody, oh, really? What are you going to do? She's, she's very kind of like, you're not really going to hit me. Nobody ever hits anybody. No, no one ever does. And he, he always knows he's in the wrong. Yeah. Like, 
My favorite is he gets all, well, first of all, he's like, don't steam me because I'm already steamed. So that's like one of my favorite lines. I want you to use that tomorrow. I'm gonna. Don't steam me because I'm already steamed. Um, (laughs) But then I love at the end, seriously, he'll be like yelling at her. And then she sits down at the table, all just like waiting around. And then he's like yelling. And then she'll start laughing sometimes. And then he's like, are you laughing at me? Are you? And then she continues to laugh. And then he's all like, his face changes and then he breaks into laughing and he's like, man, I was mad and you put up with me and then it's all, baby, you're the greatest. And then they kiss and then they love each other and ah, it's all great again. (laughs) They're sweet. They are sweet, but it's the most bizarre. (laughs) In this day and age, it'd be like the worst DV relationship ever. (laughs) It'd be so so crazy. So the show is about a New York bus driver, Ralph Cramden, and his wife, Alice, and all their hijinks. These shows were performed in front of an audience of roughly a thousand people and broadcast live using kinescope technology. Oh. Okay, my kids are yelling at each other, and they're yelling for me to come help them. When they get mad at each other, they just start, like, talking really loud, thinking that I'm going to come break up their fight. No. I can't with these kids anymore. I've been trapped in this house with them for a month. I'm over it. I don't know how any of y'alls with kids are doing it. Oh, my God. Teachers, come get your kids. Okay, so let's get back to it. Where was I? Oh, um, the address of the... Oh, my God. I'm a... Bam, zoom. Is that what it is? Right to the mood. These kids. You're going to be like, pow, right in the kisser. Power in the Your kids. <clears throat> the address of the Cramden's apartment is 328 Chauncey Street, which is the address where Jackie Gleason grew up. I do like the the part about the honeymooners, uh, you know, like you can, it looks like a play again to the background even. So like out, out their window, it looks like um, a play set because they clearly yes. don't have, it's not, you know, for reals. But that's that's the interesting part. They play all these different like scenarios up, and most of it occurs in their apartment. And I do like that. I mean, it's so funny though at the very beginning that Ralph. I mean, Jackie Gleason's like playing multiple characters in the same scene. You know, he comes <laughs> in at one point, so he is Ralph. But at one point, he's like Nick, the bartender, who shows up, and then he's like a delivery guy. And I was like, wait, is he supposed to be somebody different? Like, what is going on? I don't know what's going on here. And it will and it really was. He would like literally show up and be like the delivery guy. And then like they'd be like, Oh, hey, thanks. Da, 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 da. And then he'd leave. And then Ralph would come home. And I was like, <laughs> What just happened? What like that's one thing when shows try to do that now, like soap operas bring somebody back as a different yeah. character 20 years later. But like I was like, this is so weird. It happened in multiple episodes, too. So I was like, hmm. It had to have been in the sketches and not in like, it must the show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Must have been the sketches. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the cast. Okay. Before we talk about any specific episodes. The shows. So Ralph Cramden is played by Jackie Gleason. Mm-hmm. And he was born in 1916 in Brooklyn. His only sibling, Clement, died of meningitis at 14 in 1919. And Gleason's dad walked out on his family in December of 1925 and never came back. Oh, my goodness. 
1935, when he was 19, his mom died of sepsis. So he was left alone. Yikes. He moved to Reading, Pennsylvania for his first paying job as a comedian. And by age 24, he was appearing in movies for Warner Brothers and 20th Century Fox. He started working in television in 1949 on the TV version of The Life of Riley, which was a radio show previously. Mm. He also had a prominent music career. <laughs> he made instrumental music, despite not being able to read or write music. And his first album, Music for Lovers Only, which I happen to own, courtesy of my grandpa's record collection. Oh, my goodness. Spent 153 weeks on the Billboard Top 10 charts. Wow. And later, um, he played in some of the most awesome movies as Sheriff Buford T. Justice in Smokey and the Bandit 1, 2, and 3. <laughs> and he died in 1987 at age 71. Did you watch Smokey and the Bandit? I don't think that I actually watched mm. it regularly, but I feel like I've seen parts. So now I'm going to have to go back and revisit that. I, think I, have. I watched that movie very young and didn't understand how risque some of it was. Mm. And I love one and two. I don't even remember three, but yeah. he was the sheriff. And he smoked a lot, and he was very cranky. Um, Alice Gibson Cramden um, was played from 1951 to 1952 by Pert Kelton. Pert. That was the original um, Alice that you saw in the sketches. Yeah. And interesting. I liked her. I mean, she seemed she seemed angrier than the second Alice. Yeah, by oh yeah, very and much also angrier. older, mm-hmm. like a lot older. Um, if you love the 1962 film film adaptation of The Music Man as much as I do, you'll remember her as Marion the Librarian's mom, oh God, Mrs. Carew. Oh my God, I haven't seen that. Did you say you've never seen that? Hmm. Oh my God. Okay, well, for those who have seen it, she's Mrs. Peru. Um, After nine sketches, it was announced she had to be replaced because she was ill, but that was not the truth. Um, She had actually been blacklisted because her husband had previously participated in a leftist march with some other actors. Oh. So she was blacklisted as a communist. And if you want to hear about women in TV and film being blacklisted as communists during early television, check out the podcast Advanced TV History, episodes 107 and 108. Mm. They talk about it. That was unfortunate for her, but she did come back and get to be in The Music Man. So then the role of Alice was given to Audrey Meadows. I like her. She's cute. And she didn't seem as angry as original Alice. She just kind of stood there and took it and yeah, just waited for her turn to speak. Yeah, she fit in. I think she fit in a little bit better, seemed like, with her. I don't know. Maybe it was just their chemistry together or something that was different mm-hmm. for me. But it seemed to be yeah. better. She was born Audrey Meadows Cotter in 1922 in either New York or China. But there's no specific answer on that. Okay. Um, her parents were missionaries. Mm. So there's a lot of debate over where she was born. Gotcha. Her sister, Jane Meadows, was also a very famous actor. She played herself on one episode of The Nanny. Jane Meadows did. Oh. 
Um, Audrey Meadows. Meadows was a USO performer and then went to Broadway. When she auditioned for The Honeymooners, Jackie Gleason said she was too young and too pretty. So she went home and took off her makeup and had pictures taken wearing like frumpy clothes and stuff and then sent them to him. And he hired her immediately. Oh, oh my After gosh. Seeing her without her makeup. Right? <laughs> oh, that makes me just realize I need to have makeup on at all time. <laughs> no, because maybe you'll get a part on our show. Oh, that's true. Maybe. Yeah. I'll be frumpy. In 1961, she married the chairman of Continental Airlines, Robert Six. She retired from acting to take care of her family, but she did appear once in a while on Too Close for Comfort as Ted's mother-in-law. Too Close for (laughs) Comfort? Interesting. That's a show we'll have to do. I know. We do have to do that. So, yeah, Audrey Meadows, super cute. Mm -hmm. She's a good Alice. Yes, I liked her a lot. She She was was cool-headed. And I think that that's just the better part is it was like more believable to me too, that she was kind of like a little bit more equal to him. And Mm -hmm. obviously to me, the whole like, let's yell at each other and pretend we're going to hit each other um, was interesting. And then, but she was more, yeah, she made it more believable. Like, Oh no, I'm a strong willed person. So you're not gonna, you can threaten to punch me in the face, but that's not going to happen. So yeah, (laughs) like, Oh, I dare you basically. And yeah. uh, Huh. And she always knew it was coming. She always knew he was going to screw up. And that Right. There was an episode, too. I think it was like, uh, it was Christmas. And he's like, I don't want to hit you on Christmas. And he winds up. And she just mean mugs him. And he's like, so bizarre. But yeah, like she, it's like she was the kind of person who could give it back to him. So that actually worked well for the premise of the show, probably. Edward Lily White Norton was played by Arthur William Matthew Carney, Art Carney. Um, He was the youngest of six boys born in New York in 1918, and he was wounded in the Battle of Normandy in World War II and walked with a limp for the rest of his life. It's so strange to think how long ago these shows were and Mm -hmm. how things were going on at that time, like World War II. It just ended. yeah, and so many actors and stuff. You that like it's so it's so hard for us to think of that in modern day age because we haven't had a draft or anything like that since mm-hmm. we've been alive. And to know that like actors and athletes and all of these people were like they had to fight in the war because that's just what you did. Like that's just yeah. had to happen. So it's so interesting for me to find out. Like yeah, that actors. We're like, oh, and then he was in World War II. So and he was in the war. And, and of yeah. course, it's like, yeah, well, of course he was. And I remembered um, when I started watching this a couple weeks ago, it reminded me that when I was a kid, Art Carney was in something. Like, he was in movies every now and then, and he was an old guy. And then some movie that we were watching or something, my mom, then when we were watching The Honeymooners, pointed out, that's that guy that was in this movie. And it blew my mind. It was like the first time in my life that I realized that because I was very, very young at the time. So it was the first time in my life I realized that old people used to be young people. To be young and be in other right. shows. <laughs> I was probably like five years old or something at the time. And I was like, oh. That's funny. It was a young person once. And also in black and white. Thelma Trixie Norton was played by uh, Joyce Randolph. Her first name was Thelma. She went by Trixie. Although in the first sketch, the first ever sketch, the character 
uh, appeared in, she was played by Elaine Stritch. And she was, at that time, the character was a burlesque dancer. And Elaine Stritch was in the Norm MacDonald movie, Screwed. She was the old landlord that he kidnapped. Hmm. (laughs) You probably don't remember that movie. I don't think I ever saw that movie, actually. (laughs) Very obscure movie. Interesting. But I'm sure other people have seen it. Um, Anyway, Joyce Randolph is the only surviving member of the main cast. Hmm. She's 95 years old. And she was born in Detroit and moved to New York at 19 to pursue acting. And she married marketing executive Richard Lincoln Charles in 1955 and had a son. We don't see very much of Trixie. No, she's not in a lot. She and Alice are friends. Yeah, they kind of have a relationship, but it's, she kind of randomly shows up and it's just like, hey, hey, okay. And it's like a filler. Yeah. It's like, here's a person to say a thing. Yeah. I do like Ed though. Ed's always like, he's just, he seems sleepy and he's like, and he, I love how he always just walks in. Hey Ralph, what do you say? What do you say? <laughs> he's so funny. <laughs> and he has terrible advice, but sometimes it's good advice. Like sometimes yeah. he's like, Ralph, I don't think you should do that. And other times he's like, come on, why don't you do that? Yeah. He seems like he's kind of supposed to be stupid. And then other times he's like advice. And then, yeah. Um, so what, episodes really stood out to you uh there were a few there one of my favorites was um when alice was going to be in a play and she was reading Mm. lines i think in the other room so it might have been with trixie i can't remember who she was reading lines with and ralph comes home and he hears her and it's a woman in the play she's gonna play like a woman who kills her husband (laughs) and so (laughs) He hears her, of course, reading lines, and she says uh, she's going to put it in uh, something or whatever to, like, poison him. And he hears it in the other room, and he's just like, oh. So then it's like she's out there, and um, I think they're, like, making dinner or whatever it is. Or she, and she puts his vitamin for real in his juice, like his real vitamin, and he sees her, <laughs> and he thinks it's poison. And it's super funny. And he like won't take it or something or then he drinks it and then she and then she catches on that he thinks that that's what she's talking about that he's she's actually going to kill him and she's like so then i'm gonna kill myself and she goes to jump out the window so this is the first one and i'm like oh my god this is hilarious so of course there were hijinks like all the time at one point i think they were talking about how they couldn't get hot water in the kitchen and there's like smoke though coming out of the tap of their sink. And there were like weird old things. Like, first of all, this already <laughs> looked like a fake apartment because it looked like a play. To mm-hmm. me. Always hijinks. But- yeah, it was always just hijinks. And so it was kind of like the same story on and on. But I think of all the times and all the different lines. So like uh, asking people if they're sore. Are you sore? And uh, Meaning angry. Right. Meaning angry about <laughs> something or upset about something. Um, we need to bring that back too. And then there's like, again, there, there's like the whole just violence aspect. Cause there's a part where somebody says, um, I, I don't know if Ed says it to Ralph. He's like, you need to slap her around till she sees what a sweet guy you are. Oh my God. I was like, wait, I got to write this down. Cause that <laughs> doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> I was like, 
like, oh my you know, god, everything to pow, right? And the kisser, I don't want to hit you on Christmas. Um, so many different things. <laughs> Into you on Christmas, yeah. Natalie. But I just love that, like, and then everything, it's like, then it's all good at the end. And it says, baby, you're the greatest. And then, baby, you're the greatest. See you tomorrow. And it just feels like every single episode was exactly the same. So it was, it was very funny. And I also want to start bring a new word that we also have to bring up is mope. Because Ralph uh, mm. called Ed that a lot. What a mope. He was like, oh. counting jelly beans to win a contest or something. And um, Ed came in and like ate a handful of them. And of course he'd been counting them and putting in these up to like 3000 and he was putting them into a jar so he could win a contest where they were doing yeah. the same thing. And then he was just like, Oh, what a mope. And I'm like, I'm going to start calling people mope. <laughs> and they won't even know if it's good or bad. Like you're a mope. Ralph works for the Gotham bus company. Okay. So in one episode, they need him to have a physical. His work needs him to have a physical to be sure that he's still fit for the job or something like that. I don't know. They have to have a yearly physical. And he knows this. Alice is going to like her aunt's or her mom's or something. And he tells her he can't go because he has to get plenty of sleep for this physical. But he actually, she knows that something's up. She's like, yeah, whatever. And then Trixie comes down and she's like, he's not even going with you. And she's like, ah. Um, he's got to be in tip-top shape for this thing. So then he goes bowling instead. Like, he's waiting for her to leave so he can go bowling because the league will lose the bowling match or whatever without him. So they talk him into it. But Alice has already warned him that if he goes bowling, he will throw his back out, and then he won't pass his physical the next day. So she forbids (laughs) him to go. She's like, no, you're not going. So of course he goes, he throws his back out. The guys have to bring him home. And then he's like, how am I going to hide this from Alice? Because the only way that he can make it to the physical is if he sleeps on a uh, hot water bottle. <laughs> so he and Ed are like, okay, he's going to go up to Ed's apartment. I don't know how this works. because Ed, that, Trixie must be gone overnight. I don't even remember what happened. Oh. But Ralph's like, yeah, I'm going to sneak out in the middle of the night and go sleep in your place with the hot water bottle. Because if I sleep on the hot water bottle at my house, then she's going to know what I did. <laughs> so Ed has to pretend like he's sleepwalking. He pretends to sleepwalk and then he comes down and he's like, he wants something out of the fridge or something like out of the ice box. And he's like, Oh, I bet you've got this in the ice box and whatever. And we're all like, Oh, I sleepwalking. <laughs> So he takes the meat out of the fridge or whatever and takes it with him. And Ralph's like, I have to go up there with him and make sure that he doesn't sleepwalk anymore because that could be really dangerous. So he does it and he goes up there and everything's fine. And the next day he goes to his physical and it's all fine and he passes. Oh, man. But then the guys come to give him this trophy while he's not there. And Alice is like, oh, a trophy. So then she catches him doing it. He yells at her. For like five minutes. Mm -hmm. And then she tells him why he's wrong. And then he's like, it's all bashful and it's all like, oh, "Oh, you got me. (laughs) Oh, there's, there was one too. There was, wasn't there one where he was like on a diet or he needed to lose some weight or something. And then (laughs) I remember that she like packed him a lunch for his, for driving the bus. And it was something horrible and small, of course. 
So he got super cranky. And then somebody brought a cake up for someone's birthday. So she hid it in a drawer. And then mm-hmm. he found it, which was, again, hilarious because, like, he's It's funny because they had that dresser right there. So, like, their main living area was, like, a yeah. table and the kitchen stuff and then this dresser. Random dresser. That had nothing in it. No. <laughs> <laughs> for the ca- is apparently to hide cakes and stuff because yeah for hiding know, why wouldn't it be he needed to hide and, and then there was one where he, didn't he like he was supposed to be a manager or he was supposed to be like promoted except it was a misunderstanding and shocking I know <laughs> and then he was like do you know what a manager gets and he was like a hundred and fifteen dollars we're gonna be rich and <laughs> it's so fun to hear that kind of stuff I love it Here yeah we are, like freaking 60 to 70 years later or whatever it is. And I'm like, oh my God, that's hilarious. That like, He was on a game show where he was trying to win $99,000. The name of the show was like $99,000 or something like that. And it was basically like, um, what's, what's that one? Pyramid? Wants to be a millionaire. Oh, okay. I was going to say pyramid, but it's not. <laughs> How'd you know I was thinking pyramid? It's nothing uh, like that. Anyway, um, <laughs> which $99,000 at that time was like, a million dollars. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to win a million dollars. Speaking of misunderstandings, the ring salesman was a sketch done in 1951. And then they did it again in 1952. So, oh. I mean, you're, it, you're not watching like these shows over and over again. So I guess yeah, you can redo true. a sketch. True. I only watched the second version. There's a misunderstanding mm-hmm. because of a note that Ralph finds on the table. Mm-hmm. And it says something about, I'll take you around to a couple places, blah, blah, blah. And I'll sneak up to your place while Ralph is out bowling. Signed, Joe. And he's, then he's like, just I, I think I saw that and now I can't yeah. remember it. Oh my God, too it funny. Turns out Joe is the jeweler. That's so right, he's, okay. He's screaming at Alice and he's got <laughs> like soccer Punch in her. her mouth and whatever. Yeah. And she's just standing there with her arms folded because she was just trying to buy him a ring for his birthday. So That's he's like, right. I'm sorry, baby. Sometimes, you know, I just, I get so mad. and I just love it. He literally gets to fly off the handle like a <laughs> lunatic. Yeah. And then she just sits there. And then he gets all like, he like hangs his head and he's like, oh, I just don't know. I was crazy. I'm so sorry. Right? Super, super funny. Like, I just, (laughs) every time. My favorite one, I don't know if you saw this one, Ralph finds a baby on the bus. No, I don't think I did. Did I see that? I don't think I did. He finds a baby on his bus, and so he brings it home. Like, his, whoever, his boss or somebody is like, you gotta take the baby to the foundling home. Except so it does kind of sound familiar. Maybe I did yeah. see this one. Oh my god! So they don't. They don't oh. show all this happening. But he just comes oh. into the apartment with this baby. He had stopped on his way home to get some food for the baby. He got hamburger, and I d- okay, I did see this because I remember that. Oh my god! And it's like you can't give the baby hamburger. Oh my god! Yes. Oh my god! So I saw that. He uh, he and Norton try to make a nipple for milk. So they've got milk in the icebox. They try to make a, mi- a nipple yeah. out of a rubber glove. And they cut off one of the fingers and oh spray milk everywhere. I re- that I do remember because it was, yes. Oh my God. So and funny. Ralph wants to keep this baby. 
That's why he didn't take it to the family home. Like, he's like, he's talking Norton into it. He's like, I think I can keep this baby. Like, nobody wants this baby. I can keep it. And he's so cute about it. He's all tender with the baby, even though he doesn't know what to do. But then a detective shows up to get the baby because uh-huh. they were waiting for the baby at the founding home because they already told him about it. So Ralph's all sad. He's got to give up the baby. Mm. Oh, it was a tender moment, but I love <laughs> Oh my God. I do. That's so funny. I got him a hamburger. It's fine. <laughs> this is what babies eat. It's all good. Oh, my God. oh the 50s. Oh, <laughs> it's just very like standard, I guess is what the word I'm looking for. It's just kind of like has that theme that goes through the whole episode same way. But yeah, it's yeah. But you're not meant to watch 20 episodes in a week. Yeah. You're meant to watch one episode. That's true. A week. Yeah. And then never see it again. Yeah. And also, that's true. You're you're quarantined, so <laughs> you're gonna watch a hundred episodes in a row, and I'm like, what the heck? That's so true. I just don't really remember. I mean, I don't remember ever seeing it as a child. So that's and you're right. I think it might have been on, but I don't. I never really paid attention. I knew the premise of Honeymooners. I always did, and I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. So, well, you I said it did. After you've watched a couple of episodes, it gets kind of monotonous. That's, yeah, I found that for sure. It wasn't one of those things that just holds your attention and there was always something new. So I always just kind of wonder about that too, just knowing, you know, we obviously came along way later and if that's how shows were, how do they, I mean, I just wonder how they held people's attention because it, you know, a lot of stuff was repeated or I guess you're right though. Like I have the, in hindsight, you're trying to say like this, you know, it was something different, but watching it, I guess I'm thinking to myself, if I'm a housewife in the fifties and I'm watching this show, I'm like, it's, although she does stand up for herself a little bit, but it's very much just like this guy comes home, screams, yells, they have an argument. Sometimes there's something funny and then they make up and it's fun. It's over. <laughs> like, I don't know. Nice. It would be the kind of show I'd want to think, like, I want to keep watching this. So I don't it's, know. It's 1955. So you're not right. watching must-see TV for two hours. That's true. You just turned on the honeymooners. It's like the only thing, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're going to go back to washing the dishes. Right. And it was probably gave a, gave's, give a little bit of uh, comedic relief when you're watching it. And it's kind of, <laughs> oh, he's going to hit her. Ah, ha, ha. Uh, Oh, I can relate to that as a yeah. housewife. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. So, yeah, I don't know. And I guess you're right. They did play up those roles. So she's making dinner and he's coming home and everything's kind of normal. So it was relatable, I guess, at that time. It's just, it's harder for us now because we look at it and we're like, oh, yeah. interesting. Okay. Also, another thing that reminds me that I would not have survived as a 50s housewife just like this quarantine is reminding true. me that I would not have survived as a 50s housewife. True. true. I'm true, fairly true. surviving as whatever it is that I am now. Uh, yeah. I have no idea. I don't know how people are yeah, dealing with their children's. I'm just glad I don't have uh, the children's. And the worst part, I think, too, is like not only it's just, and it's not quite, I mean, it's now getting warm and nice outside, but... Can you imagine if this happened in the full-on winter? 
Oh I mean, you couldn't even be, you couldn't even go out. So, I mean, it would be horrible. And I feel like it's already. I watch other people's kids. I mean, I live with a friend of mine who has two children, and so I think to myself, like, by the end of July, you can tell they're bored. Like, you know, when yeah. the summer actually comes, and so, and then on top of that. Her kids specifically have like activities. So one does dance and is just yeah. constantly busy. And then the other one she would put in camps and he's younger and you know, different things. And I'm like, and now they're just like, you can't do anything. It's like, oh my <laughs> yeah. God. I just feel right? bad. It's hard. We're running out of things to do. And also, uh, relating to the 50s housewife thing, I have to feed these people three times a day, every day. I am going to lose it. I have been I cooking imagine. full meals. Yeah. I feel I like ate. I've spent more money on food myself because I, you know, when we're so busy with uh, events and stuff, you know, I eat our catering food, <laughs> you know, like I always do whatever. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like, I'm home all the time. I've, I have gone to like three different stores in about a week and a half time. I thought I was going to like load up or whatever. Turns out I'm not the best at like planning when it comes to like coming <laughs> to the home. And I've gone to like three different stores in probably less than two weeks. And all three of those times spent a hundred dollars for just myself. Mm. Like that's, it's crazy, but you're right. Yeah. Like it's just, everything's bizarre. Well, bizarre. the school used to feed my kids. So now I got to feed them. Now you got to feed them. Let me get your kids school. <laughs> right. These kids are making a mess in my house. Come get them. Not used to it. Uh -huh. All right. Well, what else you got to say on the honeymooners? I don't think I got anything else on the honeymooners. I think we kind of said it all. It was it was good. I'm glad I watched it. It's good for TV history. It's very important I was important just going to say, historically, it's very good. And I feel like I knew a little bit about it just because it's referenced in so many different things. Yes. And you see, uh, you can see the influence of other shows, like how this show influenced other shows. Yeah. Because sometimes looking back, you can feel like something has been overplayed or overdone mm -hmm. until you remind yourself that this is where it originated from. Um, so, uh, let us know on our Facebook page or on our private Facebook group that you can join. Let us know what you want us to watch. We always love viewer suggestions because there's stuff that we don't even think about at times. Well, let's wrap this up and hopefully soon we'll see each other face to face. I know. I hope so. And we'll have dinner again I together. Know. I didn't even eat dinner today. Like that's, I like, I, so I'm that's so probably, sorry. That's probably why this <laughs> wine's affecting me about a lot more than it normally does. Uh, like, yeah, we didn't have our routine down. I didn't get you to come eat dinner. To feed and you. I know. It's like weird. That's not necessarily true. It's just because my eating schedule in general is weird. No, I understand. So, good times. Okay. Good times. Well, let's wrap it up. One of these days, Rebecca. One of these days. Pow. Yeah, what are you right do? in the kisser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. True. All right. The end. Wrap it up. If you enjoy the show, please leave a review and also subscribe so you won't miss an episode. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We love to hear from our listeners. For additional content, check us out at patreon.com slash tvtangents.